Welcome to the Madison Miller Podcast. Um, guest number two of the night, horse racing analyst and friend of the show, Jeff Burns. How are you doing on this fine Thursday evening? I'm doing good, Madison. How are you this evening? Good. Alrighty. So we are going to do the Belmont Stakes today, um, as we do every year. I can't believe we're at the Belmont already. Feels like yesterday we were doing the Kentucky Derby. We have, it looks like, nine horses in the field. Is that correct? Yes, nine horses are entered in the Belmont Stakes this year. All right, so let's get going. So the one horse is Tappet Shoes. Um, Brad Cox is the trainer. Jose Ortiz, the jockey. Um, I don't see the odds here. Oh, here we go, 20 to 1. Tell us about Tappet Shoes. So Tappet Shoes, this will be the first of three entrants in the field for trainer Brad Cox. Uh He's going to be joining the rail. Jose Ortiz, a former Belmont winning jockey in, in his own right. Uh, Brad Cox won the Belmont Stake back in 2021 with Essential Quality. But uh, Tappet Shoes, of the three he's entered, probably is most likely going to be the longest shot on the field, deservedly so. He does have one win in his career of his five career starts, but has slowly and gradually gotten better over his three starts this year. He was fourth in an allowance race on, Jan on January 21st. His next start, he was third in a highly competitive allowance race. And then second, he was last time out, he was, uh, well, he was second last time out in the Bathhouse Row Stakes at Oakland Park behind fellow Belmont Stakes runner Red Route 1, who we'll get to in a little while. But, uh, you know, he's coming into the race in good form. He had close to a sharp five for a workout at uh, Churchill Downs uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, so this horse is, is sired by Tappet, who has sired four Belmont Stakes winners. He's a half-brother to a horse by the name of Cyberknife, who was last year's Haskell Stakes winner at Mammoth Park. So... He does have a very precocious pedigree. Uh, can he get the mile and a half? I think it's going to be the biggest question. Obviously, he was a very late entrant into the field, so his trainer Brad Cox feels that uh, he can get the mile and a half. Uh, as far as talent goes, while I do believe he has the talent uh, to be in this field, it's going to be very difficult, I think, for him to win. All right. The two-horse, Tappet Trace, 3-1. to one. Luis Says is the jockey. Is that, Do I have that last name right? Says or Saz? Uh, Luis Saez. Saez. Okay, and then Todd Pletcher is the trainer here. Tell us about Tappet Trice. So Tappet Trice, he's, uh, this is the first of a few uh, Kentucky Derby entrants coming back to run in the Belmont Stakes. Uh, he, uh, he, before that race in the, in the Derby, he won four in a row. He won the Tampa Bay Derby back on March 11th, then won the Toyota Bluegrass Stakes at Keelan back on uh, April 8th. This is a very, uh, very good horse who... In the Derby, he didn't exactly run, run run the best race of his career, even though he broke slowly coming out of the gate, and he has had a history of gate troubles in the past. He had it in the Tampa Bay Derby, even though he was able to overcome it. Same thing in the Bluegrass Derby. He did break a little bit better, but still wasn't the smoothest beginnings. The Kentucky Derby, basically, he was uh, taken to the back, and he didn't really show the same exact kick that he did uh, in his two previous takes wins. But uh, his trainer, Todd Fletcher, has basically been pointing this horse for the Belmont since the Kentucky Derby. And honestly, has probably been pointing this horse for the Belmont since the beginning of the year because he feels like this horse has such a big gallop, has such a big stride where he can get the mile and a half very easily. Uh, just like uh, Tappet Shoes, he's also sired by Tappet. So and that's probably going to be a theme you're going to be hearing throughout much of this uh, of this uh, uh, podcast is the horse is sired by Tappet or out of Tappet Bears. Tap is a very, uh, probably one of the best stamina stallions in America today. So, he is, 
he's by far the most expensive horse in the field. He was cost $1.3 million as a yearling at Keeneland back in uh, the September 2021. Uh, he's a very talented colt who uh, he's going to be breaking. He, he does have to get out of the gate a little bit better than he did in the Derby. He's going to be towards the back of the pack. My biggest worry with him is even though I think he can, he's probably the best bred horse to get the mile and a half distance, he's not going to get a lot of pace to chase. So he's A, he's going to have to break from the gate very well. And honestly, it would not surprise me if he's up closer to the pace than he usually is. Because horses, horses that tend to be closers in the Belmont don't have a very kind history in their favor. So it would not surprise me if Tappan Trice uh, is closer to the pace. The question is, ultimately, can he be good enough to beat this field? Uh, I think it's going to be a tough call. I think it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of good horses in this race. So your three horse is uh, Arcangelo at 8-1, the one, Javier Castellano is the jockey, and Jenna Antonucci is the trainer. Tell us about Arcangelo. So Arcangelo, this is a newcomer to the Triple Crown Series. Uh, he did win the local prep, the Peter Pan Stakes at Belmont Park back on, uh, on uh, May 13th. Uh, he has won two races in a row, uh, so he's, he's a horse that I also believe he can get the mile and a half distance. He is sired by Arrowgate, who was the Breeders' Cup Classic winner back in 2016. And I think this is, this is the horse who has gradually gotten better as his racing career has gone on. His race in the Peter Pan, he was about mid-pack, he was chasing a pretty slow pace, made a big sweeping move around the turn, and he held off a very talented colt uh, from the Brad Cox bar named Bishop's Bay, who... Could be a stakes performer in the future, but uh, he was a very good race by, uh, of his young career. His trainer, uh, his trainer, uh, excuse me, uh, Jenna Antonucci is seeking to become the first woman trainer to win the Belmont Stakes. So, uh, so perhaps some history on the line Saturday with Archangelo. Uh, Javier Castellano, who rode Mage to win the Kentucky Derby, is going to be aboard for this mount. Uh, this, so this is a good horse who is going to be close to the pace, I think, more than usual. The question is going to be, can, he's going to go from a mile and an eighth to a mile and a half. And that's a pretty steep jump in terms of uh, in terms of distance. And he's going to be facing by far the biggest, uh, the biggest field and the biggest, um, most talented field of his career. So it's going to be a tall task for him to go A to distance and B as far as talent goes. So I think it's going to be difficult for him to win on Saturday. All righty. The Four Horses National Treasure. We've seen this horse before. Five the one on the morning line. John Va Velasquez is the jockey, and of course Bob Baffert is the trainer. What are your uh, thoughts on National Treasure here at the Belmont? So National Treasure, this is your Preakness winner. Uh, he did go wire to wire in the field. Uh, I remember a couple of weeks ago, Madison. I was telling you that this horse, National Treasure, was the lone speed of that Preakness field, and basically it was almost like a merry-go-round race in the Preakness. He went through the lead. He slant, set some slow fractions up front. Basically, uh, he basically set a half mile at 48-4. Once you saw that time, it, it was pretty much over. I mean, yeah, horses closing from the back are not are not going to close into that slow pace. He held on gamely over Blazing Sevens to get the win in the Preakness. He does come back for the Belmont Stakes, and he has been working very, very well. He seems to have come out of the Preakness in very good form. Uh, he did put on blinkers for the Preakness, and they're going to stay on for the Belmont. And Honestly, this horse is, I think it's going to be pretty lucky because just like the Preakness, there's really no speed in this field. So it's not going to be surprising if National Treasure is A, on the lead again, B, if he sets slow fractions again. And if he does, if he gets a clean break, sets slow fractions, he's going to be there at the end, I think. 
uh, obviously, trainer Bob Baffert is you know very good at getting these horses to gradually uh, get better as the distances get longer. Uh, now, this horse is sired by Quality Road, who in turn has sired some speed and uh, stamina horses in the past. So I don't I don't think it's going to be a problem for him getting the mile and a half. Uh, the question is a how much did it tip? Did the Preakness take out of him? B is there going to be a surprise horse that could take him on the lead? But you know, if National Trader does get to the front and sets the little fractions, I definitely think he's a player at the end. Yeah, I can't, or we can't rule out National Treasure doing it again. All right, so the five horse, um, is it um, two Myra Colo? Is that like two in Roman numerals, or is it uh, I-L? It's Il Miracolo. Il Miracolo. Okay, I wasn't sure the pronunciation of that one. You're always better at that than I am. 30-1 to 1 on the morning line. Marcos Manessis is the jockey, and Antonio Sano is the trainer. Tell us about Il Miracolo. So El Miracolo, this is one of the most experienced horses in the field. He's also um, one of the longest shots uh, on the morning line in the field, and I think uh, deservedly so. Uh, he's 30-1 to 1 on the morning line, and honestly, he... Given the fact that it's a nine-horse field, probably, the price will probably come down on him ultimately at the end. But you know, he's jumping right back in the safe competition where he, even though he did just win an allowance race back on May 11th at Gulfstream Park uh, against what was a pretty subpar field compared to the field he's going to be facing on Saturday, uh, he did compete in stakes competition in the winter time, trying to get on the road to Kentucky Derby, and basically he was not good at all. Uh, particularly, he was sixth in the Remsen Stakes, and then off the boards in pretty much all four of the Gulfstream Park races uh, leading up to Kentucky Derby. So between the Holy Bowl, found the views and the Florida Derby. So this horse is going to be a long shot, definitely. Uh, honestly, if um, he's probably going to be the one horse that could challenge National Treasure on the front end. He did win his last race going wire to wire. But his talent alone, I don't think he's really up for this field. Uh, it's going to be a very, very surprising result if he wins this race. Now, if he could perhaps hit the board if he does get cl stay close to the front and set slow fractions, but uh, he's definitely up against it on Saturday. All righty. The six horses forte. We know this horse because this horse was scratched from the Kentucky Derby the day of the Derby and was my pick to win the Derby and was the favorite. And now we see Forte here in the Belmont, which is awesome. He's 5-2. to two on the morning line. Todd Pletcher, the trainer, Erod Ortiz Jr., the jockey. What are your thoughts on Forte and Forte's chances here? Well, just based on um, on talent, well, just based on looks alone, Forte is, without question, the most talented horse running in this field on Saturday. The biggest problem I do have with Forte is, A, well, obviously he was scratched the morning of the Kentucky Derby, and it's been a tumultuous five weeks for the connection to Forte. Between the scratch of the derby, he's been slow to recover uh, from the foot bruise that he had. He is back in here, and he has been working you know, pretty well, but he's coming into this race pretty light. I mean, he's had only three workouts going into the Belmont Stakes. Even though his last workout was a pretty fast five-for-one workout at Belmont Park, uh, my biggest worry for him, though, is that he's coming into this race off of a two-month layoff. His last run was the win of the Florida Derby, where he did beat Mage who did come back to win the Kentucky Derby, but it's a pretty significant ask for him to go, you know, from a mile and an eighth to a mile and a half, especially when you're competing against horses who have already been tested in the Triple Crown Series. And he's coming off of a 
pretty significant foot, foot bruise. So, you know, Forte, in my opinion, I think Forte is just is going to be up against it here. Now, it's good to see him back running in the Belmont States. Could he win this race? I think he can. Tom Fletcher does does a very good job of horses, like trying stretching them out and getting more so stamina into his horses. Now, he is his sire Forte is, is a horse by the name of Violence, and this horse is more known as a sprint sire than anything. He do, he'll get the occasional uh, stamina speed horses out, uh, but uh, mainly a horse like Forte. But you know, to me, this horse to me, I think it's going to be a play against on Saturday. If he wins, good for him. I mean, but I think uh, I think a lot is is going to be up against them on Saturday. Alrighty, hit show is ten to one. Brad Cox, the trainer. Manuel Franco, the jockey. Obviously, hit shows the seven. And, and is this a horse? I feel like we saw hit show at the Derby, right? If I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Hit show. Not only was he in the Derby, he actually finished fifth, uh, a very close fifth in the Kentucky Derby. So, uh, hit show does come back. This is the second of three for Trader Brad Cox. Uh, jockey uh, Manny Franco is going to be aboard him on Saturday. And his last two races have shown, A, he does, even though they were both losses, he, both, he ran very good races in both of them. The Wood Memorial, where he was second, he came from close 13, had a wide trip the whole way, and he still only finished second, being being a very short head. And then in the Kentucky Derby, he actually drew the one post, and even though he was part of that a pretty brisk, uh, brisk uh, pace up front, he was able to hang around, and he finished a very good fifth at the end. So you know, this is a very good horse in hit show, and... His pedigree to me suggests that the mile and a half also shouldn't be a problem with him. His sire, Kennedy Ryan, his sire's stamina horses across the world, particularly here in the U.S. Uh, he is out of a tap of mare named Actress, who is a multiple graded stakes winner in her own right. And this horse to me seems like he's been getting better and better as the year has gone on. He has, his trainer, Brad Cox, has, has put some steady works into him where he could build up his stamina and build up his, uh, his energy going into this race. I think seven posts, he's going to get a good trip. He's probably going to be in the middle of the pack. And honestly, he's probably going to make him a wide move around the far turn. But uh, given his talent, I think he's only going to, I think it's only going to go up from, from, from here. I think Hit Show is going to be around at the end. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Hit Show has a good shot here. And another horse from the Derby, Angel of Empire, seven to two odds. Brad Cox, the owner, and um, Flavian Pratt is the jockey. What do you give of Angel Empire in terms of chances in, in this race? I think Angel of Empire has a very good chance. Uh, this horse right now is probably in the best form of any horse going into the Belmont State. He, was, he actually was the very slight favorite in the Kentucky Derby. He was actually by Derby Pick. Right. And there was a brief moment coming down the stretch where Angel of Empire looked like he was going to go, go uh, past the pass and go for the win, but ultimately settled for third, but I like the way he was finishing coming down the stretch. His trainer, Brad Cox, basically was pointing for the Belmont almost immediately after his derby run. I think he absolutely can get the mile and a half here. Flavian Pratt, very good jockey, has really built good chemistry since coming aboard of Angel of Empire. Uh, he had, it seems like a, with his stride and everything that a mile and a half should definitely not be a problem for him. He's coming off back, He did come off back-to-back stakes wins in the Risen Star and the Arkansas Derby. In which it seemed like he wasn't getting tired at all, despite the, that, even though those two races were a mile and an eighth. The Kentucky Derby on a mile and a quarter, he was still coming on it. He was closing, 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 coming towards the end. So he wasn't really getting tired. His works have been really good. He's coming up back to back, sharp five for a workout at Churchill now. So he's going to be ready. I think uh, he's going to be closer to the pace than usual. 
Well, if you're Brad, I think you just have to keep him clear, and uh, I think this horse uh, ultimately could uh, pull out a, a good one at the end. All righty, and last but not least, Red Route 1, 15-1, also in the Derby. I remember this horse from the Derby. Joel Rosario is going to be the jockey here, and Steve Awesome, or Asmussen is the trainer. Tell us about Red Route 1, one of the longer shots on the board, actually. Yeah, so Red Route 1, he's 15-1 on the morning line. Joel Rosario is going to be aboard him. And uh, honestly, his, his price probably will be coming down a little bit. Maybe you'll see him around 10-1 to 1 or so. His last run in the Preakness days where he chased it to a slow pace. I actually thought it was an okay fourth considering he didn't get the pace to chase. But he's a horse that seemingly just, he doesn't really like to win, even though he, but he does usually stick around for the end. The, the biggest thing that's going to be going up against him is he's a very deep closer. Honestly, he probably will be last turning up the backslide, unless there's a very surprise change in strategy with him uh, between uh, Joel Rosario and Steve Atkinson, whatever game plan they come up with. So this is a very deep closer. History has not been uh, kind to deep closers in the Belmont Stakes. So he's going to have to be close to the pace. He's going to have to somehow think he's going to get a fast pace to chase into. Even though I think he does have the uh, pedigree to get the mile and a half, being my gun runner out of a tap in there, uh, I think this horse is definitely going to be up against it on Saturday. Even though I could see him somewhere maybe in the top five, a five finish, but probably going to be the fourth or fifth. All righty. I think this is a loaded race personally, and it's a deep race, and there's going to be some great horses that do not finish in the top three. So let's go with the win place and show picks. So, Jeff, who is your winner pick right now? So I picked him in the Kentucky Derby, and I'm going to pick him again in the Belmont Stakes. I'm going to go with Angel of Empire. I just think he's coming in uh, in very good form. I think right now uh, his jockey Flavian Prime has got a, a good strategy on him. Uh, he's going to probably be close to the pace. I like the way he finished in Kentucky Derby, and I think he's going to be run a huge race on Saturday. All right, I'm going to go with your Preakness pick of National Treasure for the win, actually. I like how National Treasure looked in the Belmont, and uh, I think Baffert is going to have him ready to go. How about your place pick? Well, my place pick actually is National Treasure. Uh, I do think he is going to stick around towards the end. I think because there is no pace for him to chase, or no pace um, up front, he's going to be the leader. I can see him setting slow fractions. My, my worry with him is can he truly get the mile and a half? That's ultimately going to be the big question, but I think he is talented enough where he will be at, around at the end, so I will go with National Treasure for a second. All right, and I think for the first time this season, we have the, the same top two. I'm going with uh, Angel of Empire for my, uh, for my place pick. For the uh, same reasons you mentioned for the win pick, I think Angel of Empire and National Treasure are going to be literally neck and neck. I think it's going to be a great race. And last but not least, what is your uh, show place or your show pick? Uh, my show pick will be the seven hit show. Uh, I think he's going to run a big race on Saturday. I, like, I really did like his race in the Kentucky Derby. From the from post one, uh, he, he has come off of um, he is two for four this year. I think the pedigree suggests a mile and a half should be no problem. Uh, Manny Franco has done a really good job riding this horse in the past. He should get. I think he's going to get a good run around the far turn. It should be around at the end. I'm going to agree with you on a hit show. So we have the same trifecta, but in a slightly different order. I'm going with hit show too. I like hit show, and I think hit show has the best chance of the horses that are currently double-digit odds to win the race. So I really like Hit Show, so I'm going to pick Hit Show 
for the show. So, yeah, some good horses not in our top four. Forte, Tappet, Trice. Like, there are some good horses that are not going to be finishing in the top three of this race, as I mentioned. So, with this um, event this weekend, what are some good undercard races to watch? So, this is a very good card coming up uh, Saturday at Belmont Park. In addition to the Belmont Stakes, you have the grade one Woody Stevens uh, for three-year-olds uh, going seven furlongs. The favorite in that race is a, is a horse by the name of General Jim for trainer Shook Begehi and ridden by Luis Saez. General Jim is coming off of a win in the grade two, in the grade two um, a pack day mile on Kentucky Derby Day at Churchill Downs. And actually, you got the one, two, three finishers out of the pack day mile coming back for this race between General Jim, the eight, four brag for trainer Bron Baffert, and the 12th Gilmore for trainer Brendan Walsh. So you got a top three finisher in there. You also have a horse by the name of Arabian Lion, who actually won the Sir Barton Stakes on the Preakness undercard for trainer Bob Baffert. That's cutting back a distance for going from mile to 16th to 7th for a loss. He should be very tough in there. So that's a good race on the undercard. You also have the Grade 1 Metropolitan Handicap uh, for a million-dollar first Grade 1. Very big race for the older handi- uh, in the older handicap division. Excuse me. The favorite in that race, actually, is the one horse, Cody's Wish. This horse was the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile winner last year. He's coming off of arguably one of the best runs of his career in the Churchill Downs days uh, on Kentucky Derby Day. It was a very, very, he's a very talented horse. You see him getting better with age. I think his biggest competition could be the number three horse, Dr. Scheibel, for trainer Mark Latt and ridden by Irad Ortiz Jr. He's 10 to 1 on the morning line, and even though he's primarily been a sprinter, I think he'll appreciate the stretch out to a mile distance. So that should be a good race to watch. And finally, you have the uh, the Manhattan Stakes, the Grade One, going a mile and a quarter on the turf. The eight to five favorite in that race, up to the mark for trainer Todd Fletcher, who since going to the grass has been he's been undefeated since going to the grass. And and this horse, I think, really is going to get better as distance gets longer. Or I don't know. I'm sorry. He was actually third in the Makers for a mile, but then he's coming off of a win in the Turf Classic at Churchill Downs, so he should be a good one to watch. And it's just a very, very good card coming up on Saturday. Oh, I'm sure it is a loaded card come Saturday. Um, Something different for the Belmont, I noticed, is that it's going to be Fox broadcasting the event instead of NBC. How do you feel about that? I think that's kind of weird. I like Chris Felica being on the Fox broadcast coming up this weekend, formerly of ESPN, doing all the gambling stuff. But don't you think it's a little weird that we're not going to see uh, Larry Colmus on Saturday? Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a little weird. I'm not gonna not gonna sugarcoat it. It is a little weird. This is a brand new T, uh, TV deal that Fox and I guess the, uh, the New York Race Association has come up with. So Fox will be the broadcast has the broadcasting rights for the Belmont Stakes, I believe, for the next six to seven years. Wow. So, yeah, this is a, a brand new TV deal that just came together. Uh, you'll probably see a lot a lot more of uh, the Fox TV crew over at Belmont Park on Belmont Stakes Day. So. Uh, I think uh, Tom Durkin, is, uh, the old Naira track announcer, is going to be calling the Belmont Stakes for the Fox Network. Uh, I think they'll all do a good job, though. Yeah, I think they're going to do good, too. I want to see your thoughts on that, because like, I thought that was a little weird. I, like I said, I like Chris Felica, and I like that they're bringing back a familiar face with the uh, with the call, but um, it's going to be weird not hearing uh, Larry, Larry Columbus, that's for sure. All right, a couple things before we let you go. Um, 
The Yankees lose Aaron Judge over the weekend with the uh, the toe injury, obviously. I'm really worried about the team. I know they almost came back. Glaber Torres was inches away from a walk-off home run about a half an hour ago. Wasn't meant to be. But um, I'm worried about this Yankee team. Um, and I'm worried about Aaron Judge. Do you have any concern about how long it'll be before Aaron Judge comes back? Uh, yeah, I, I am worried about this team because this is primarily just, um, as far as Aaron Judge is concerning, I mean, it's he did make a great play going into the wall, but unfortunately he suffered a toe injury. But right now, listen, a lot of these guys have to step up when it comes to, like, the Josh Donaldson of the world, Anthony Rizzo of the world. Anthony Rizzo's been in a pretty big slump lately. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and right now, uh, right now, you need guys to step up. And ultimately, between Claver Torres uh, as well, John Carlos Stanton hasn't exactly looked the same since coming back off the IL. But you know, Anthony Volpe has been in a little bit of a slump recently. So listen, it, it's it's going to be a long haul for these guys. And until Aaron Judge gets back, whatever that is, whether it's a couple days or a couple weeks, you know, it's 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 going to be a tough road for the Yankees. They just need to stay afloat. They, the guys need to step up and right now keep their calm. Otherwise, this could get out of hand quickly for them. It could. I'm like I said. I'm very, very nervous, and um, I know they were inches away from winning the game just about a half hour ago. But um, the Rays keep winning. The Orioles keep winning. I mean, if I mean, Judge is back, there, what was that? Yeah, the the Rays and Orioles are the two very good teams, and the fact that they keep winning, and honestly, they've been staying healthy most of the year too. I mean, that you're too. Really seeing uh, a lot of their guys go down to injury. The Yankees have just been decimated with injuries throughout the season between Aaron Judge, then Donaldson. I mean, so many. And now Nestor Cortez is hurt. I mean, the rotate the rotation's also been shambles, too. Luis Severino didn't look really good today. He's been really shaky the last couple starts. I mean, when when are we going to see Carlos Rodon on the mound for the Yankees? I mean, we're still waiting for that. Is there a rehab assignment coming for him soon? I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's getting crazy what's going on with him. But honestly, like, the guys just need to step up. A lot of these guys need to just step up and do what they're supposed to do, and maybe we just right the ship. But right now, it's, uh, it's looking pretty bleak for the Yankees. I would have to agree with you there. And before we go, your thoughts on the NBA Finals with the Denver Nuggets being up two-one on the Miami Heat? Well, right now the Denver Nuggets look like they're in complete control. Uh, Nikola Jokic has been absolutely outstanding for the NBA Finals. I believe he's averaging close to 33 points a game so far in the NBA Finals, which is pretty insane. Um, I believe he's got a triple... He's also averaging a triple-double in the NBA Finals, which is also amazing. Javal Murray has stepped up in a big way. He had a good game last night. Right now, the Miami Heat just look a lot of stores. Jimmy Butler hasn't particularly been playing well. Uh, Bam on a bio, I think, also has has to do a better job on the defensive front, but particularly right now, Miami's biggest problem is Jimmy Butler. And if he doesn't get going soon, this series is, is going to be over in five. Yeah, and Jimmy Butler low-key hasn't been healthy since he had that ankle injury against the Knicks. Even, like, the he wasn't great against the Knicks. What got them to this point, I know Butler was good in a couple of those Boston games, but those role guys stepping up from three, like uh, Max Struess and Caleb Martin and... And Gabe Vincent, like, those guys are the ones that have pretty much carried them 
to this spot. And two big takeaways I've had in these whole playoffs. And um, let's see if you agree with me or you agree with Doug on a couple of these. Because I asked Doug the same questions when I had him on before you. One, do you think Nikola Jokic is the undisputed best player in the NBA right now? Uh, right now, I do. I think he is the best player in the NBA because he can just about do everything. I mean, he can he can defend, he can shoot, he can do just about everything you ask him to do, he'll do it. He's great. He's a great three-point shooter. Uh, he can get into the paint very good. I mean, if you guys have, he's going to have like a triple-double machine every single night. So, I mean, you talk about the best players in the NBA, and you, I think Jokic is right there at the top. I would agree with that. And then Doug actually said Giannis, but right, he said the best all-around player he said was Jokic, but he still would take Giannis, which um, I don't know if I would agree with right now. I probably would have said that a year ago, but I don't know if I'd agree with that right now. And Eric Spolstra, despite being down 2-1 right now in the series, do you think he's the best undisputed coach in the NBA? I think he is absolutely the best head coach in the NBA today. For him to... It's for him to take this team to the NBA Finals, I think truly speaks to his coaching style, the culture he has built in Miami. And, I mean, Eric Spolstra, to me, it just feels like every year, the Miami Heat always seem to find a place in the playoffs. And even no matter how far they go, they're always there. No matter how difficult their regular season can be, they somehow could just put it together and make these deep postseason runs that seem like almost every year. So... Eric Spolstra, to me, is, is the best head coach in the NBA. The players love playing for him. He is, he's built an amazing culture down in Miami. And he does have his work cut out for him over these next couple games to try to get back in the series. But if there's if there's a guy definitely you can trust to get him back in that spot, it's definitely Eric Spolstra. Absolutely. I would take him in a big game over any coach right now. I Although I do f- feel that Greg Popovich has a chance to reclaim the undisputed best coach in the NBA with... Victor Wembanyama back there now, and let's see how fast they become relevant again. But it was pop for a while, but I think Spo has kind of taken the mantle over the past couple of years here. So, uh, and I always felt that Spo was underrated because I feel like when he coached LeBron, he was too hated. Do you agree with that? He was too kind of hated in the LeBron era in a way. I I, I feel like he has. Like I, I feel like he was vastly underappreciated in the LeBron era because. Everybody's got all the big threes there. Of course, they're going to make it to the NBA Finals every year. But the the moment LeBron James left, they just kept staying afloat. I mean, they like I said, they somehow every year they're always finding their way into the playoffs and making these deep playoff runs. And it just speaks to the character of Eric Spolstra. And it's good to see that he's getting the respect that I think he deserves because you just look at this Miami team right now. I mean, the, the amount of undrafted players and the amount of players that just – Seemingly would be nowhere near like the top tier players in the NBA, just just, just well, other than Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. But right now they're just loaded, and right now everything seems to be like going Eric Spolstra's way. Even though they do have their work cut out for him, it's just really I think he's absolutely underappreciated and one of the best head coaches not only in the NBA today but of all time. I would agree with that as well. All right, Jeff, it was a pleasure to have you on today, and. uh Hopefully we'll get you on again for uh, the next big horse racing event or whatever possibly could happen in the summertime with some of the other sports. Yep, absolutely, Madison. It's always good to come on and talk with you. All right, have a good night.